Good day, all you beautiful people. I am your host, Chris Champagne. This is Toaster Tubby Time, and I am medicated for your amusement. beautiful people. We are finally at issue 13, lucky number 13, and I kind of wanted to talk a little bit more on the serious side after the last one was a bit weird and silly. So there was something that I had seen recently. Um, Five things that you don't realize that you're doing as somebody with high-functioning anxiety. Uh, So here was a list uh, that I had seen. You are nice and easy to be around, but people please too much. You obsess over trivial things that other people don't even notice. You are consumed by every mistake you make by beating yourself up over it. You know you are capable, but you don't fully believe in yourself. In every situation, the worst scenario is your biggest thought. So, really, let's kind of unpack this. Um, I have high functioning anxiety and I can honestly say I absolutely the fuck know that I'm doing all this shit and I just can't fucking stop. I'm not going to take meds as I've previously said and most medications for those things are relaxants and uh, since I'm on a nice pharmacological uh, drug cocktail for my heart To keep that from going way too fast, uh, the problem with pharmacological things for anxiety is it makes it go too low. And then Chris takes nappy time and it's hard to wake up. So that being said, fuck drugs. Well, fuck most drugs. A little bit of pot every once in a while doesn't hurt you. So I kind of want to bullet these things down one by one and I could probably take up my whole time. But anyways... We'll start with, you are nice and easy to be around, but people please too much. Um, if anybody asks me to do anything, if it's within my means, I do it. Regardless of what I may be doing at the time, regardless of what plans I may have, I always find a way to work around to make sure I help everybody. And this goes to my earlier issue about you know, being a good person, doing things, being, being a good servant to, to humanity. Um, there's a difference between being a good servant to humanity and basically not being able to say no. And that is what I have. I have never really had the ability to say no. So that, yeah, I know that I have that. And that is one thing that they say I might not know or that I don't know. Number two, and this is kind of one of my favorites, you obsess over trivial things that other people don't even notice. Yeah, I I know I do this. It's actually even part of my OCD. I have to make sure that everything is in its right order, its right place. Um, I walk around the house before I go to bed and make sure that everything is where it should be, double check and triple check the locks, just because in case I forget. Um, 
but other stupid little things just stay in my head forever. And I can recall these things and it kind of has led to uh, fights with the misses because I will remember something, some trivial thing. And that just pisses her off that I remember it, uh, regardless of the fact if I brought it up at the time or if I didn't, if it's something that just stayed, uh, buried in my head. So yeah, that is certainly, um, something that I'm going to say. I'm well aware of the fact that I do it. I wish that I didn't do it, but anxiety. Okay. So we get on to number three, then you are consumed by every mistake you make by beating yourself up over it. Pretty much true. Yeah. Um, I think the worst time of the year for me is, uh, right about this time of the year, because at my work, it, as it is probably with most employers, it is annual review time. And while I do feel that I do a very good job, I have really no complaints from management. They, they seem to like me, but every year around review time becomes my living nightmare. I am so worried about what is going to be on that piece of paper that I will not sleep. I will drive myself a little bit crazy here and there, but yeah, that is, that's just part of what goes on in my head. And even in just general day to day things, if I make a mistake, I obsess over it. It may be trivial. It may be stupid, but I do obsess over it. I kind of look to see maybe there's a way I can make it better, even though it is long gone and past. It's still a mistake that I made that I am going to go crazy thinking about. In all fairness, it's not something that is a all-consuming thing, especially in regards to uh, trivial things. Like sometimes if I, you know, signal the wrong way or if I accidentally cut somebody off, I feel like ashamed and horrible. I wave, I apologize to them. I, I try and make little apology hand things that probably look like blah, blah, blah. But I am just that kind of person. And again, that goes back to being a people pleaser as well. Um, you, yeah, you wronged somebody and you just, you feel horrible about it. Then this is the way kind of anxiety works for a lot of people. And Really, it's not a demon that you really want in your head, but it's not a demon that you can really get out of your head. And number four is a fun one for what we're accomplishing here now. Um, you know that you are capable, but you don't fully believe in yourself. Um, so I've always wanted to do voiceover work or puppeteer work, something like that. Just it's something that always amused me and entertained me. It's something that I, I liked doing like creating little stories and voices when I was a kid, um, even later on in my professional life. And it just recently passed um, going to the elementary schools through a uh, program through our work and reading to kids for Dr. Seuss day. And I'd give the voices and everything. I, I enjoyed speaking. I enjoyed crafting these kind of stories and these characters for these kids and just in general for myself. Um, but, this is not something that I ever really thought I could do. Even now, it was September of 2020 when I took a free seminar type thing that was being offered about doing voice acting because, again, it kind of falls into that same vein. And, you know, talking with them and everything. And they, the suggestion was, hey, if you can't afford to 
really start getting into doing a lot of big stuff, doing classes and whatnot, to start doing a podcast and at least find your voice, hone your skills. So again, that's that's something that I said, okay, I'm going to do a podcast. I decided it's back in September. I'm going to do a podcast. And I did all my research on it. And I started buying the stuff that I was going to need, new computer, everything. And it's taken me from September now till uh, February to actually kind of start sitting down and and recording. And you know, now into March and later, it's it's still something that I think to myself, I, I shouldn't be doing this, but I really enjoy doing this. And I hope that you guys are enjoying what I'm doing. Yes. Now finding the courage in myself to actually kind of start doing this. It just, it it's taken me a lot. It's taken a lot of motivation from my wife and from my family because they love me and they support me and they, they know that I can do this. It's just, even though they know I can do this and they know I can be really good at this, it's my self doubt that's really just kind of driving in there. So obviously, uh, you know, anxiety is always going to be there, but you know, finding ways to work around this and push through this. Uh, one thing that I learned uh, early on in my professional career was you have to lean into the discomfort. Uh, not saying that you have to completely give yourself over to stuff that you don't want to do, but. Sometimes you have to lean into this comfort. You you don't feel good telling people bad news. You kind of have to lean into it and just do it. You lean into that discomfort. So really, this is me leaning into my discomfort. And finally, uh, in every situation, the worst scenario is your biggest thought. God, if that isn't just the truth, that the whenever I start to think about a scenario, whenever something proposes itself to me. Uh, I always seem to go to the worst case scenario and I never used to know why. And it through therapy, I learned that it was my anxiety and, and hearing this again. Yeah, I know that this is my anxiety, obviously. And I, these are things that I know I have. So, I mean, I guess acknowledging it is really the first part and kind of healing, but it's not an easy process by any means, not at all. But again, I mean that a lot of this is, is it just plays itself out even on a day-to-day basis when my boss is just like, Hey, can we have a impromptu video call? And I'm like, Oh God, what did I do? What did I do? What did I, did I fuck something up? Oh God, I hope I didn't fuck anything up because I don't know what I would do. And then I just start thinking about all the things that I've done and say, Oh, did I do this? Did I fuck up on this? Did I, did I screw this up somehow? What did I do wrong? Was there something I did a couple of years ago that really just like, caused a huge issue now. And these are just difficult ways to kind of live, but I feel sympathy and I feel compassion for anybody who is dealing with this. I'm always here for you because I'm going through this too. I'm struggling through this too. It's not an easy thing. And at least in my situation, um, a couple of the medications that I had been on, um, my doctor had put me on uh, beta blockers for my heart, metoprolol, and the side effects that were included in that were anxiety, which is great because I already have anxiety, uh, depression, which is great because I already have depression, and insomnia. And sometimes I can sleep. Well, a lot of times I sleep, I get up through the night. 
Uh, so my primary care doctor decided, hey, let's try something for the depression. So they gave me Wellbutrin. And the side effects of Wellbutrin that I did then get was insomnia and anxiety. So by our count, I had depression and anxiety. And then we added more depression. So depression's at two, anxiety's at two. Uh, insomnia is at kind of one and a quarter. And then we used the Wellbutrin. So we took the depression back to one, but we made the anxiety three and the insomnia two and a half. So really, I was not sleeping. It got so bad to the point where I would actually have to take two shots of Z-Quil and two Tylenol PM just to sleep. And even at that, it wasn't sleep. It was just kind of passing out, blacking out, whatever you will. So, I mean, to anybody out there who is listening to this, who who is suffering through this uh, as well, uh, you're not alone. No, um, you're not allowed to do anything to the adverse. Uh, you can certainly do things to work to better it. Um, I suggest not doing things to say the same. Uh, that never seems to kind of work out. But if you do the things that you need to do to make yourself better, uh, that are good for you. But I am not going to fucking bullshit you and say that there is some easy magic pill that just makes everything go away, makes you feel better. Because as everybody knows, that's some bullshit. Um, and I think that we should kind of figure out a way to, um, advise people who tell us that, uh, we should just stop being anxious and stop being depressed. And, you know, or if they choose not to tell us things because, well, I didn't want to upset your anxiety. And it's just like, well, the fact that now you didn't tell me cause you didn't want to upset or agitate me or cause more anxiety just feels like fucking bullshit betrayal. So <laughs> that just kind of adds you know, mistrust onto anxiety. And that's never a good thing, but I think we need to find a clever and a polite and, um, effective way to tell these people who think that, uh, depression, anxiety, OCD, any disorder that you have, PTSD, uh, those are my little cocktail of crazy. Um, but whatever you're suffering from, uh, we should be able to find a, a creative way to tell people to, to get fucked. Um, there, there has to be a good way. Uh, if you have any ideas, please email me polite ways to tell people to just get fucked and possibly stay fucked. But this is about doing it for our time here today. Um, I hope that you were able to take something from this and I hope that I get to speak to you again sometime soon. All right. I love you, beautiful beeholes. Be good to each other. It's the way you walk, it's the way you talk, it's the way you shine. It's the way that turn in a walking on, in a walking night. And I'm sorry not to follow me, and it's all over. One thing I know, this is my life.